Greetings, boils and ghouls. Welcome to Lovecraft Singles, the Crypt Keeper spin-off podcast for all things weird fiction, directly or indirectly linked to a man who I frankly thought I would get to talk about more. Howard Phillips Lovecraft. <laughs> I am joined, as always, by a spunky time traveler in sporty kicks, Mary Johnston. Yay! Leonard! Hello. Yay! Hello. <laughs> Yeah, I do like that they took the time to like put on natty wear, but like Letty was like, "I'm keeping on my kicks, I'm keeping my sneaks on. I gotta run." <laughs> no, no, no. no let's let's be real. It's it, it's exactly like it's exactly like a video game where sliders or something where they're like, "We need to get some clothes." Smash cut to them wearing the most 1920s clothing you can imagine, and the suits are like perfectly tailored and her dress. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, still sneakers. It actually reminded me very much of like when you want to go trick-or-treating as a kid and your mom's like, but you have to wear your coat because it's cold outside. And you're like, I don't want to wear my snow boots to go trick-or-treating. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was very, very that. Although she did look good in the, in the flapper dress and, uh, and her little, her little black sneakers. And her sneaks. Yeah. Packing a, packing a cute little revolver. Yeah. I do. I do like all the just like drawers of guns. I mean, I realize it was the past. I understand that it was the past. I understand that's probably what it was like. But when he like whipped open that and was like, here's just a clutch of pistols. It felt a little bit funny please, to me. Please. I insist. I insist. I insist that you help yourself to our family's pistol drawer. It's like it's like candy dish pistol drawer. Help yourself. Don't be shy. It's right. Yeah. It's right, right by the pistachios. Yeah. Yeah. That happened in another episode, too, where, like, they just, like, whipped open. I, I think it was uh, Atticus, like, whipped open a drawer and just, like, pulled out three guns. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's how it was, was it? I do hey, think that there is, like, a... society is a polite society. I do, <laughs> I do think that there's, like, uh, I can tell that I'm, like, the worst kind of liberal. And I'm like, I don't know. This show seems to think that we all should strap iron. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Tonight. What? Pastiche. Lovecraft Country, episode nine. What pastiche? There's ah, only one Dr. more episode, Thomas. One more. This was the second to last. I do think, I do think last. the way this is being advertised, yeah, the way this is advertised is sort of weird where there'll be like only two episodes left. And it you're feels like, no, very pa- of the past. I mean, like, I guess, although sometimes this hasn't happened to me in a long time since I'm almost never in my car anymore. But do you ever like sometimes you're listening to the radio and suddenly like an ad for like you know, Fox 6 comes on and you get, like, a clip of, like, some ancient Parks and Rec ad. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this sure. is how we add. I mean, like, I understand syndicate. It's in syndication and, like, it's not. This is mm-hmm. not top of the line stuff, which you would think that Prestige, HBO television would be. But, like, you, like, listen to it and you're like, this is how we advertise television still? Still? Very of the past. It, uh, it with all the only three episodes, I feel like there should be a big clock that like this. This is, I guess, Watchmen, but like there should be a big clock that's like counting down or or there's some, what is the what is the celestial event that uh, Christina the, wants to stabble Atticus au- during is the, the autumn equinox. Autumnal, yeah. yeah, the autumnal equinox. I feel like they'd be like only two days left. Oh, <laughs> there are only 146 hours until the autumnal <laughs> equinox. Tick, 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 tick. Atticus. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, um, yes, yes. Yeah, no, it feels a little strange. It feels of the past. It actually feels like very, uh, very UPN to me. Like, <laughs> like you've only got one more episode of Buffy season three. And you're like, okay. This was the, that was 1999, but okay. Cool. Cool. Wait. Season three. Is that the one with the mayor? 
Yeah, that's that's probably the best season. Yeah, it's a good season. I also am very fond of season four. Season four is when I started watching it in seriousness, mm-hmm. so it always holds a special place in my heart. Even though it's kind of a mess. I say, yeah. It's kind of a mess in that... Spot. That's why you have a soft spot in your head for Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Oz leaves in season four. <laughs> I know, it's very Oz sad. Oz is like, he, like, it's time for me to go... That, he gets with that weird girl werewolf. Yeah, like Veruca Salt or whatever. Yeah. Yep. If Bikini Kill was a werewolf, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if a werewolf played bass for Hole. That's more it. Yeah. <laughs> if a werewolf played bass for Hole and also was the main character of the Resident Evil franchise, then yes. All those those things combined. Speaking mm-hmm. of the past, this is a time travel episode. Yeah, that's Maybe. what I said. This is a this is a Doctor Who episode. Done. Solved. No no further discussion needed. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> they should have given Atticus a dumb scarf. Oh, man. No sonic screwdriver wearing, did not like double thumbs down. Letty's wearing um, suspenders for no reason. Yeah, Montrose like a, has like a, like a sport and a fez. Like a cheeky, a cheeky policewoman's outfit? Maybe, uh, yeah. Fezes are cool. Oh, they really should. <laughs> Montrose would look really good in a fez, to be honest with you. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I I did like it uh, when the I did like it when they fought lots and lots of uh, horrifying aliens, all of whom looked like they were uh, assembled from vacuum cleaner parts. Hmm. <laughs> um. I all the timey wimey, <laughs> but you know, it's sort of funny. I feel like there's always anytime there's time travel in media, someone wants to be like, "No, this is not very good time travel," and you're just like, yeah. "I mean, yeah." Because like this is not this is this is this, this is meant to is, be entertaining. Yeah. No, they're like this time travel is crappy, not like the very entertaining good time travel we have in real life now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, everything I'm reading is like I mean, this is not like great time travel. The only the only point I would like to, sure. I would I think it's sort of weird, is that we know jumping through that portal is multiverse travel. If it's right. multiverse yes. travel, I would think you would not have to worry so much about changing things because it's not your right. verse. Right. And in fact, yes, no, they seem to be very unclear about if the time or they are very clear but inconsistent with it. They call it a time machine, but Hippolyta is very clear that it opens up world into alternate worlds. She even refers to the world she was on as what Earth 504. Yeah, she um, says, she yeah. corrects them. So, like, Atticus is like, we're going to go time traveling. And she's like, you bobo, it's multiverse traveling. Right, right. Which fine. is fine. I'm, but, I'm willing to play ga- right. ball with that. Right. And, like, and, in and, fact, and that, and in fact, fits, that fits with what she was doing. So that makes sense. Right. And it is an elegant way to get away from time paradoxes and stuff, right? Because if instead you're not really moving through time, you're just opening up a door to an alternate world that just happens, like, that, that where the, the present is just wherever it is that you want to go. It also lets you like do things like you know, fight 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 Confederates who won the Civil War and are now teaming up with the you, you know whatever. It, yeah, it's well maybe she made sure it's it was narratively their... pretty fun and kind of pulpy, but then right so then so then you can use a time machine that goes to alternate worlds to also go to the past of the world you're in, because definitely when Atticus does the Twelve Monkeys stuff to save George and uh, Dora. Uh, Tick's mom, yeah, and, well, I think, and Montrose. I think, I think we can shorthand it to just save his parents, all of them, all three of them. <laughs> yes, save his parents, right? Um, 
you know, that that's that again. Right. Like, actually, as I was watching the episode, I was like, I wrote my notes. I was like, it'd be they should do some 12 monkey stuff. That would be cool. Like if it, if instead of them being so concerned about changing anything, it turns out that they did change the And then that, then that scene started. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do it. That's good. I thought that, you know, that's. Yeah, I like that part too. I think it's sort of weird. I mean, like, yeah, it seems like they went back to their time, and maybe they maybe right. they would be like, well, we can't just go back to any time because maybe in that f- in that time period, the Freemans wouldn't have the Book of Names, although they wouldn't be the right. Freemans. But, but, what but is again, Dora's but again, last name? But um, I don't think I don't think um, certainly they don't say it in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb might but maybe Dora's, shine some light Dora's on. Dora's folks might not have the Book of Names, but I, I feel like we could have just. Right. I mean, like the but, main but also, reason. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying though that, like, since they, since all they want to do is get this thing, it doesn't really have to be your world. You just ha- it just has to be a world where there is an alternate book of names that you can also get. One wonders, in fact, why they didn't go to the day before the Tulsa massacre well, and get because the book. because that would not be dramatically interesting. I mean, because also, right? Like, this is a time travel episode, but I think, and this is not criticism. This really is mostly a Tulsa massacre period piece, right? That, that's yeah, really or what histo- they, historical fiction, one might say. Yeah, I mean, with 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 dollop of you know, like all this stuff, but I mean, like that's what they wanted to do, yeah. and that's what they did, you know. And it's kind of like, how do we get them there? Fine, we'll put them in the put them in the time machine. They can go the alternate reality time yeah. machine machine. Yeah, I mean, no, the real reason that they need to talk about time paradoxes is there needs to be a reason why Letty can't save all those people in that house. Because we have to learn a very special relationship or lesson about our relationship to history, which I don't right. think is also, wrong. I don't think it's wrong. Also, I think, I yeah, think that time travel to... is often about that. So it's okay yeah. to do that. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also we get, to, again, also we get to do the 12 monkeys thing. So. Yeah. So we, we kind of had our cake and ate it too. It is mm-hmm. weird that they made a big deal. Like you could have just have uh, Hippolyta be like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you want to call it. Or, like, not have that scene at all. Mm. You wouldn't have had to have it be like that. But, and we, I mean, but then I guess maybe we'd be like, but it seems like she was in a multiverse of time travel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, but, but you invite that at the moment you start doing time travel. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that level of, right. You know, you, you, have, you have to sort of just buy into it. I did like, I think that this, I was kind of wondering. So I feel like our main criticism is like, this was in the wrong time. We're very real housewives in the show. Wrong time, wrong place. With like various episodes, we want to like move the season around a little bit. I yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. this is necessarily wrong time. I do kind of like it. I, the thing that moved me about it and interested me about it was, um, it felt like a little like shot little zets in the arm about like, you know, there's all this bad stuff, and of course you can wallow in it, and it's sad. And you can be like, we haven't gone for it at all. It's all the same stuff. Like you watch, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you can watch this, the Tulsa massacre as portrayed here and not think about um, police brutality towards sure. Black Lives yeah. Matters protesters like that. Definitely that was forefront in my mind. And, but you know, this is like a little, a little reminder that, that the point of educating ourselves and each other about where we came from is so that we can do better going forward, right? Like, uh-huh. that's yeah. that's kind of after school, especially. But I do think it's true, and um, I did, I did think particularly the scene where Letty is walking um, back to the portal location uh, through the bombs 
was effective, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. And it's uh, the best CGI flames we've had all season, which is yeah, yeah. which is worthy is of celebration at that point. Right, yeah. and, and she and she is and, and right. She, what I'm about to say sounds patriarchal, but I think this thematically works. She is now the new Freeman woman, and she is carrying the Book of Names as Atticus's ancestor did out of the fire, out of the chaos. To hopefully, you know, yeah, save 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 her child, save the future, <laughs> save the cheerleader, save the world. But you know, you know what I mean. That she is, she sort of ha- having having been brought into this family, sort of now uh, now 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 is fulfilling the same role that we have seen played out. Yeah, well, and also like, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead here, I suppose, but mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, the use of uh, Sonia Sanchez's poem "Catch Fire." I didn't realize mm-hmm, that it sure. wasn't. I've. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was performed um, by a uh, operatic soprano. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very cool. But I liked it because it's. It, you know, it suggests that of course our heroes are tired. They're devastated. They're hurt. But you got to pick yourself up and you got to like fight, fight, fight another day. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I thought that that was that was moving and. Um, and thematically important and sort of like a rally. This is like the St. Crispin's Day speech before we go into the final chapter of the story. So I think it is right time, right place, ultimately in the narrative. I think there was another little tip of the cap going on in this episode before we move on from the pastiches, where, of course, um, D undergoes sort of exorcist-style topsyification. Oh, scary. Um, which was scary. Also weird that no one mentioned it. This was un- completely unworthy of comment from any of the characters, especially when you realize that the only people who have the only person who has seen Topsy and Bopsy is D. Yeah. Right? Why would they be like, what the <laughs> hell is that? I know um, this <laughs> is know, a classic like- moment. This happens at least once every episode of King of the Hill where you think to yourself, if that happened to me, it would be the only thing I talked about for the rest of my life. <laughs> If my neighbor dug up a tunnel system underneath my house and caved in my kitchen, it would be the only thing I talked about for the rest of my life. If my niece suddenly went Linda Blair, a la Uncle Tom's Cabin, Mm -hmm. it's the only thing I talk about for the rest of my life. (laughs) What? I mean, these people have been through crazy stuff, but. No, but all the same, all the same. Just to say, it was like a, it, it, uh, yeah. It's kind of the same way I was a little bit uh, disappointed when, do you remember when Christina is, like, looking at the drawings that Dee has made that she was feverishly scribbling, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't get to see, we don't really get to see what the drawings are, but she's like, so it's like, she's very gifted. And based on these drawings, I can tell that it's a curse, which, <laughs> which is like, come on, show us the drawings. What yeah, let me draw? let me see these, let me see these drawings. Do they say it's a, maybe she wrote next to it in, like, a little thought bubble, it's a curse. Yeah. Um, I, Everything about Christina is ear, except for the fact that she sets Ruby up to have nice conversations that I enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. It's cups, cups of nice coffee. I, I, I I just do not like Christina. I thought her handling this whole episode was very annoying. But we'll we'll can talk about that when we get to my my hate craft. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's talk about the Tulsa massacre first. Let's do it. Um, just I, I I think shamefully the Tulsa massacre, um, which I think is pretty uncontroversially um, uh, 
labeled as the single worst incidence of racial violence in American history, has been largely uh, papered over until fairly recently. Um, for example, it wasn't until 2020 that Oklahoma schools put anything in their curriculum to try and teach some of this history to young Oklahomans, Oklahomanians, whatever people, Okies. Okies? Is that, is that a slur? I don't know. It, but, um, is it? I don't know. Um, but anyway, so the <clears throat> the Tulsa Race Massacre, the Greenwood Massacre, the Black Wall Street Massacre, or the Tulsa Pogrom um, was an incident that took place from May 31st to June 1st in 1921 in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Greenwood was a uh, relatively affluent little um, district in Tulsa that was originally a uh, what's called, I think, a freedom colony which was a a place that was a welcoming place for freed black people to um, congregate. And they moved in and they and they thrived and they built small businesses and those businesses got bigger. And it was one of the richest black communities in the United States. And that's why it was called Black Wall Street. Um, So like unfortunately, like other stories we've talked about here, the impetus for this um, act of of, uh, mass violence is that there was a uh, a black man named Dick Rowland who was a shoe shiner, and he um, apparently had to because of the racist laws in Oklahoma at the, uh, in Tulsa at the time. He had to, the only bathroom that he was allowed to use was on the top floor of this building. He gets in the building. There is a young white woman who is the elevator operator. Her name was Sarah Page, and something happened in this elevator, and it's not clear what, but apparently. A black man touched a white woman, maybe, and there was yelling. And so, of course, he was placed under arrest, um, charged with assault. Um, I, even to this day, it seems like it's not really clear exactly what precisely happened. Um, but certainly what happened after was very clear. He was put in jail um, and awaiting trial. A, a, a large number, a large gang of armed white people showed up outside the jail with the intention to lynch um, uh, Dick Rowland, um, which was apparently not super uncommon in Oklahoma at this time. A sizable gang of armed black people showed up to try and head off the lynching. There was a gunfight and people were injured and killed. And then later that night, a much larger group of armed white people basically descended on Greenwood and um, shot and burned um, uh, about uh, 35 square blocks of the district. Um, and uh, this this also involved private airplanes dropping turpentine bombs and shooting at people. Um, and the death toll officially was 36. But a uh, 2001 state commission investigation says that really probably it's more like um, some something like 700 or pardon me, 75 to about 300 people were were, were killed in this uh, action. Um, about 10,000 people were left homeless. Um, $32.5 million of property damage was done. That's that's adjusted for modern dollars. And we know that about 800 people were admitted to the hospital that night. And the... Uh, so the um, impact of this was that a lot of... There was a lot, there was, there was a, a lot of black people left um, Tulsa, and some people stayed back and rebuilt. They were never compensated for any of this. Um, a lot, um, the, I guess the, strictly speaking, I'm getting 
the order somewhere wrong. The National Guard had to be called in to come in and pacify all this and keep people from from shooting and killing each other. Um, the and uh, nobody was ever nobody was paid for any of the damage, of course, because that would be that would be absurd. And um, and basically nobody the, the sort of tacitly this was all just papered over and nobody talked about it. Um, until, uh, I mean, you know, it existed in oral history and stuff like that. But, you know, officially this was not, this was kind of just, what are you talking about? The last male survivor of the riot um, uh, uh, passed away this year. He was an R&B jazz, uh, and sa- uh, R&B and jazz saxophonist named Hal Singer, um, and he was 100 years old. So he was one when this happened. He is the last male survivor of the riot. I don't, I don't know if there are any female survivors of the riot um, remaining. Uh, and like I said, this is this is a very, you know, uh, cursory view of it. But that 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 I think is basically the uh, the particulars. Yeah. Um, horrific. Oh, right. Oh, uh, 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 and of course, no white people went to jail or anything. And in fact, there is pretty good evidence that a lot of these um, uh, uh, violent racist lunatics were were armed by city fathers. And there was sort of tacit approval to, you know teach some people a lesson you know it's ugly horrible stuff yeah um i liked its inclusion here i mean definitely it's not surprising that it was included it's definitely sort of kind of it's what's haunting montrose this whole season probably right he mentions it the most like we we know we knew at some point we would have some depiction of it um and i like Mm -hmm. that it was as clear as this one of the things that i thought was sort of strange about watchman's depiction of it was it kind of just seemed to be like, we're going to use this tragic moment as history as like a backdrop for some like shorthand character development. And that sort of could have been what it was with Montrose. Um, but I, I feel like because we actually touched down and spent spent some significant time and, with them and saw, saw, the, saw and got to know and like, you know, in a very short amount of time, granted, um, people who were actually affected by the the violence I felt like it was just better overall. I think yeah, I, I, some of this is even just that they're 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 basically j- jumping into it with both feet. This it's this isn't just a sidebar like oh by the way, yeah or like man, a, or like a superpowers are because right it's not, or like you know, a shocking. I felt like it was almost used right. for shock value in the very beginning of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, and, whereas in this case, you know, like this this show is about this so. Yeah, you know, it's maybe, and it adds weight yeah. to the story. Um, yeah, I, I I felt the same way about this that I felt about Emmett Till's in um, inclusion in last week's episode. I thought it was it was mm-hmm. well done and and important, and uh, you know, sure. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think maybe it's a little bit better included here. Also, we don't have the weird the weird scene with Christina Braithwaite that makes you feel kind of weird about the way they're showing things. Um, I didn't I didn't. Yes, no. We don't have a... So far, we haven't had Christina Braithwaite be like, I am going to get a bomb dropped on me. Just no, so right. I know what it was like. So I can win arguments with my girlfriend about... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, no, but just say, like, I, I think... So I think this is maybe handled possibly even better, though I don't necessarily think that Emmett Till specifically was handled poorly. Yeah. I think it's uh-huh. also... I mean, this was... They couldn't... Well, this was probably made a year ago. Mm-hmm. They couldn't yeah. know the way that we know now how important it is to show what a dangerous mob actually looks like. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
the but it, but it, the protests and in some cases the like the riot behavior that we've seen this year this is not this this is a massacre this is different yeah. um and when you see those planes at the end you're like oh god <laughs> like that's just it's like a whole other level and it in fact makes you feel sick because um in this case those would be like the police helicopters right mhm which are not yeah. dropping bombs necessarily, but they're scrambling cells uh, signals, and they're causing like you know, um, sure noise pollution and t- and striking terror in people's hearts. Like it is, it is a it is a moment of terrorism certainly to use sure, them sure, to sure. corral people, to keep eyes on people, to to, to kettle protesters. You know, it's yeah, and and again, what, what, I mean, what's horrifying about this is that these were at least supposedly private aircraft so this was like a private air force this is you know strafing and bombing other private you know we don't when you said a private air force some some libertarians somewhere's ears just perked up and they don't know why yeah 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 no um yeah but no but but to say though that right like yeah of course the um the recent unpleasantness was maybe not you know um uh perhaps uh quite so stark in the cultural memory but surely ferguson and charlottesville and like you know it's it's the thing where um really only 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 us privileged white liberals have have had the uh, the chance to ignore all of this you know if you, if you didn't know about it that's because you weren't you haven't been paying attention you know if you didn't know about it until the last Right. No, what I'm saying is like several months. What's going on with Black Lives Matters? They are not doing this to people. They are not yeah, throwing. No, no. Yes, not. No, they no. are not throwing Molotov cocktails through private homes and setting people's houses on fire. They're not killing people. Like this right. is what a dangerous mob looks like. This is what this is what domestic terrorism looks like. <laughs> that is not and what's if, happening if, here. Right. No matter how much politicians want you to believe it's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. And even and even if you want to compare this to stuff like the um, like the like the Watts riots or something like that, this is actually what what terrorism with the tacit or maybe not so tacit approval of the state looks like. Right. Like, you know, nobody's you know, nobody gets in trouble. Nobody, you know, right. Like, like just reverse this. What if what if, uh, you know, what if in response to the shootout over the lynch situa- lynching situation, um, a big gang of armed black people like marched on a affluent white part of Tulsa? Oh my God! The cops would have you know, dropped right, like, down on them like a hammer. Yeah, right. right. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have gone like this. And cer- and there would have been like show, like like show trials for the for the you know for the ringleaders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, yeah. It's, but but anyway, um, I think it is very uh effectively used here, um, insofar as you can talk about something like this, like a terror uh, uh, that is a terrible tragedy, sort of using. Uh, dramatic tools right it, it sets a timer for this they do a really good job and i know this was on purpose because i read an interview where they talked about it they wanted to show greenwood before it was destroyed so we get we see how how beautiful and vibrant and this show does such a good job i think with crowd and street scenes mm-hmm. um so much so that it's almost kind of too bad that for a lot of the these episodes it's really like the protagonist kind of running around all by themselves uh but uh the uh but we see we see greenwood before it gets destroyed and that and that 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 i think is a smart and good choice it kind of gives you an idea of uh what what is lost and the tra and and the tragedy it sets up also we see things like the uh you know the prom has been canceled we see that these are 
in a sense, as a middle class viewer, you're like, these are middle class people with middle class problems that I would have. And the people have feel the people in Greenwood feel secure and safe and comfortable enough to worry about dumb stuff like, you know, corsages and whatnot. Um, they are not you know, this isn't this isn't they're not in just stark survival mode. Right. Um, and, and and then how quickly all of that is is literally burned to the ground by institutional racism and white supremacy. Yeah, the person who is Dora's um, one assumes little sister in this mm-hmm. that Letty has that nice those like nice moments with in the house. Um, mm-hmm. Where if I was at sister, I'd be like, this uh, this strange gal is uh, is real strange. <laughs> she's like Letty just is like looking at her like she's gonna vomit the whole time. And the girl's <laughs> like, I think it's yeah. gonna be okay. Don't you think it's gonna be okay? <laughs> like and like like oh, um, well, yeah, yeah. But like but the, the the statement where she's like, well, we're gonna be okay because X Y Z reasons which have nothing to do with anything really, right? Like who doesn't yeah, yeah. who doesn't say sure. that? I'm gonna be okay because. My job just is, you know, has done a bunch of redundancies, so I'm not going to get fired because of COVID. Or we're going to be yeah. okay because we only order our groceries and wash our hands every day, and we're going to be fine. Like, you you tell yourself, I think, no matter what your class is, these these stories to make yourself feel better and, like, be like, well, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about other people, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that those moments were particularly effective and, and made you immediately feel for this family beyond the fact that, of course, you knew that they were all about to get burned to death, which is like sad and horrible. Um, sure. And I also I also felt like that did like the most work. We'll get to Montrose watch at the end, but I think it did like the most work for Montrose thus far. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's not this is this is where I do go Real Housewives and I'm like a little bit wrong time. Like, good. We needed this. All the stuff here, I like all the stuff with Thomas. I love that scene where he's like, at, where Atticus has like leapt through the portal to prove it's safe. He's such a he has like a, some serious gung ho idiot energy in that moment. Um, and uh, but and Montrose is left, and he just like turns and's looking at over like the city square and all the burning and screaming and people running. Like that's that was an amazing scene. I really liked that. Are you talking about at the beginning? You're talking about the when Montrose kind of gets trapped where the portal goes down, and then he. Uh, looks over the burning um, remains of Tulsa and like witness. You see his face, you know, but you, you're clear he's like witnessing mayhem and death, and he's talking about all the people he knows and like what's what's being lost yep. and just sort of narrating it in real time. Sort That's of the part I love. Yes, yeah. I thought that was yeah, very that part, very yeah. good. Um, right. And he and right. he witnesses uh, Letty's bomb walk, which also yeah. felt 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 good. Yeah, it's because Michael Kenneth Williams is actually awesome. But he's yeah. been stuck with this, with this like weak sad sauce. sack. Yeah, yeah, he's been stuck doing doing crap stuff. For- I do think that this this is this this edges into Montrose Watch because I think this episode is most is it's, I don't know if it's completely about Montrose, but certainly he gets a lot of interesting character moments in this episode. Uh, and like uh, I do like that there is uh, so I remembered. In it's like episode two or three where George and Montrose are talking and they talk about how they were saved by the mysterious man who swings the bat like um, like Jackie Robinson. I can't really remember exactly what they say, but it's something episode, along the lines of like. It's episode two while like while George is like bleeding out. Yeah. 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 You know, it says something along the lines of basically like, remember when we were in that spot and we thought they were going to kill us. But then the then the stranger showed up and he swung the bat like Jackie Robinson. And I sure wish he could come back. And George like kind of says it to Montrose in like a kind of knowing way, which makes me think that 
it, when I saw it, I thought that Montrose what let like that was like something they made up because Montrose was the one who did it, and it's basically like. Do you want to stop being a worthless drunk and reclaim your power or not? Like, that's mm-hmm. the way I read that conversation to be. So it's kind of weird that literally the the, the, mis- the mystery man is Atticus, who they both know what he looks like. And maybe they don't remember from when he was a kid. <laughs> but, but it would be weird to be George and uh, Montrose, because then you'd be then you would be like, hey, you remember that guy who saved us? He looked hard like your yeah. son. Or is it my son? The son, son that we have. Our, our son. son. Yeah. Um, agreed. I also, I, I mean, I don't mind that Atticus saves his parents. I think that that's like fine and it has some. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it like has a like, deep moment of like, like a, pathos. It's like a time travel thing, right? Your adult son saves you as a child. But I mean, that's kind of a fun. Yep. Yep. That makes that. that that's kind of time. dumb sci-fi time travel kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's cool. Yeah. Um, I do kind of feel like it would have been meaningful. And maybe this is where, like, the multiverse of it all could have been utilized better. Um, where, yes, it is Atticus who's supposed to save them. Mm-hmm. But in this world, there are two bats. And Atticus and Montrose save them together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or just Mon- oh. or Montrose is like, it's my time. And he does it. Like No, no. Right. And, and anything really. anything there I think would have been kind of cool. I I think that they were they felt a little bit stuck in that it had to be the same. And I don't think it necessarily needed to be. I think we could have forgiven well, it. It's not that tight. And it, it doesn't have to be the same, right? It could have been Montrose the whole time. Montrose sure. could have saved himself. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I mean I I mean it's it's cool anyway, but it would I when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Montrez is going to save himself and be the man. It's the, it's the thing where you, you kind of know what's happening like before the characters in the show do, which is kind of can be a little bit ponderous sometimes. But um, I kind of assumed that there would be a mask or like some way to obscure their identity. And then Montrez could, could like literally do the 12 monkeys thing where he's in a disguise and he interacts with his old self or with his younger self as an older self and saves himself. In the same way that, right, like all this work he's doing on himself, he needs to like let go and forgive himself so he can save himself and save his son and his family and his relation, blah, 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 blah. Um, instead, it's just kind of like, well, Tick's like the main character. Also, he's the, mo- he's the he's the most beefcake man. So, of course, he's the one with the bats. Listen, if you he has the most muscle mass, if you want anyone swinging bats at racists, it's him. <laughs> but, but, but do you know what I mean, though? Um yeah, no, I, I I do. I think that it would have been it, it if it were different this time around. I think it would have been a nice nod to the character development that Montrose has made, like kind of like tying it up in a bow. So I wouldn't right. have necessarily mind it if it was different than what it was that it was supposed sure. to be, quote unquote, because it would show mm-hmm. that the Montrose who goes forward and has a son and beats his kid because he was beaten is now fundamentally a different person. And potentially mm-hmm. in that multiverse, right, that Montrose could go on and, and just be a gay dude and like have mm-hmm. a really nice life and not right. not have or, not get like eaten up in the same way that he did. And that in that either way, this Montrose has like has kind of come around full circle and has 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 um has some closure in this situation and again and again i feel like we're this is like this is like watching watching a slow motion it's the titanic hitting an iceberg where you just want mantras needs to be like just because i'm gay doesn't mean i can't be your dad doesn't mean i don't love you yeah 
you know, it's like we're oh god when are, are we we still haven't quite gotten there yet not yet but we're, it's where it's go, it's where it's going i think right maybe maybe next episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. If the next episode starts where uh, Atticus is like, I don't know if I can be your son anymore. I would not surprise God. me. We yes. went through, no, no, no. We've yeah, gone yeah. through this we're, 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 so many times. Yeah, we're ble- we're bleeding over into this a little bit. Yes. The um, I, I the only other thing I want to say is surprise that some- me. This did feel more final than the other times. To be clear, but, yes, yes, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Like, ugh, yeah. There, there was it was this episode. Um, they do a good job of showing how traumatic going back here is for Montrose. And it's kind of weird that Atticus has basically no sympathy for a person with PTSD being as he is a man who has done war crimes and been to war. And even if he doesn't have PTSD, though, it's kind of implied maybe he does. Um, he certainly must know. He must have buddies who like had stuff happen to them and they're never wait, wait, the same. Wait, Montrose or Atticus? Wouldn't oh, sorry. Have... Atticus. Atticus yeah. is completely seems completely into, like he basically is. He, he basically does to his father what um uh Patton in the Patton movie does to that soldier with shell shock we just like slaps him and like tells him to not be a pussy like yeah you would think you, know, you would think you know what honestly honestly that is like seems to be maybe a flaw in the Atticus character that they don't explore any PTSD i think that if you he had some you would you you would feel for him more it would make him more understandable right. And feel well, I mean, you know, better as a once character. You, once, once you do some loving with a nine-tailed fox, it just melts away all your. You don't have to feel bad except about that, the except, monstrous things you did. Except that all of that was meaningless now, according to him. So who right. knows? Yeah, it's just you know, it was it was it, he had to like get the power up, and that, that it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, no, that's right. true. I mean, like, but at the same time, if anybody is not going to understand or forgive Montrose for um, carrying forth a, the cycle of violence and abuse it is Atticus like he is under no obligation to forgive his father for beating him up which makes it sort of weird that I think that the the show desperately would like us to do that um no no which I'm not necessarily prepared to do but I don't think that I need to forgive Montrose to find Montrose compelling or even likable as a character I uh, I think we should we'll talk about this more in the Montrose Watch section. I, I just kind of thought do also the Montrose Watch section. Oh, no. I was just gonna say I was gonna say that there is some like heavy-handed morality play we see. We see like uh, Montrose's ridiculously mustachioed father, like yeah. making him making him fetch a tree branch, and then he's like hitting him with the tree branch. And this might maybe this reads differently um, to different people, but to me that that scene almost seemed. Not comical, but kind of like I didn't feel that there was a that there was a grown up hurting a child in that scene. It didn't feel horrible. It just kind of felt like maybe because it's a maybe because that's a little bit of like a cliched bit. The like pick out your switch, you know. I don't know. It 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 to me felt very. Um, it just felt it didn't feel realistic it felt like it was just sort of being played out be like oh yes ah we see the drunken father abusing the son and here comes the older brother who should protect him but didn't and then the girlfriend i don't know it just it 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 felt very uh like the characters are coming on stage and announcing their motivations while pointing at themselves with their th- do you know do you know what i'm saying yeah it's um, that, that part it, just, it was kind of like, like condensed yeah. it condensed a bunch of things down quickly i mean like definitely no, but, I mean, like, but if 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 they could have shown a diff- there could have been different ways to show that that this this is a violent drunken man who terrorizes his family 
um, it, you know, if that's what you're trying to show and that, you know, perpetuating cycles of use and hurt people hurt people. You, you know what I mean? Like you you could just do that instead. We kind of get like a I don't know, something that like it's almost cartoony. I think it's tricky because I think a lot of people, unfortunately, many people are hurt by their parents in sure. physical or psychological in, ways. Any number of ways. Yeah. Right. And we don't really know as a society what to do with that. Not really. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we go to you can go to therapy, but even that is sort of I feel like we kind of so there's quite a bit of, I think, wallpapering over by being like, well, I mean, like, how many times do you hear like, sure, my dad hit me, but, you know, his dad hit him. So sure. that's all he ever right. knew. And that's and that, that's not wrong. It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that you get like a pass to do that to your family, sure. you know, and, and, no, and, yeah. and you, you definitely get this moment where. I mean, like, most serial killers were also, like, physically or sexually abused. That's very mm-hmm. common, right? Right, yeah. It's like, it's like early on, early head trauma, plus right. mom got a stepfather L- like, who, right. who used to... Right, fires, wets the bed, kills, yep. anim- kills little yep. animals. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It's like the... Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the, uh, the bingo card for all... Serial killers. I think, I think I think there's a name for that. Pro- pro- probably, if we listen to more My Favorite Murder, we'd probably know what it was. So I think that this is like a little bit of that, where we're supposed to be like, oh, well, Montrose is like just a damaged person. He's been a damaged person for a long time. And of course he hit Atticus. No, no, like, right, right, yes. You know. It, okay. But. No, no, right. We're fully in Montrose watch here. But it, it isn't the real problem, though, that Montrose's self-loathing and the abuse that he wrecks on Atticus seem to be kind of inconsistently portrayed. It dials up and down. Sometimes Montrose just seems like kind of like irascible and a little bit hilarious. Um, like or like a bad dad. Like, like he always came home drunk. He wasn't really there right, for his right, kid. Right. And or, sometimes, yeah, right. and sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes he's, he's like, like literally a monster. Yep. And well, I, yeah. And, and they, they haven't really decided. And, you know, we also accept it's sort of like it's the past. So the idea that like Atticus and his dad might like get into physical fights or that my dad whooped me. We we can accept those as like conventions of the past or it's like, oh, but he, it's just the way he was. And then you can kind of dig into it. Or are we to understand that Montrose is like uniquely abusive and is and is horrible to his son? Because if that's the case, how come we got a scene in this where he's basically like, it doesn't matter if I save if I save Thomas because I will always love you. I've always your dad. I that that's the only thing that like like what? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> how, well, how, and also how, how does that all fit? that doesn't fit together at all? Well, and also you know, it, it, e- even even this episode suggesting although it, it help it does help you understand and care more about Montrose because definitely the the most like sympathetic empathetic moment of Montrose is the fact that he's a closeted queer man and sure. this seems like it'd be a real terrible time to do be that yeah. um so it kind of makes sense that they want to be like well you think his trauma is his dad and his family and living through this this massacre in general but actually mm-hmm. this is his trauma this is the secret pain that he never talks about here it is right here right. and it's his first love getting shot in the face, which was a horrible scene. Right, sure. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so sure. awful. Um, but, so it also feels a little bit like you want to be like, so, so if that didn't happen, would you still have beaten your kid? Right. So and, it's and, not and, just cycles of abuse. I mean, it is, right. but it's not just like, right. And, and because and your I daddy hit that, you, which is different. Right. 
And I think dramatically, dramatically, the way it's kind of set up, we could accept. I think I think it would be it would be acceptable to me if what they're saying is Montrose grew up with a dad who hits him, so of course he's 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 he hits his kid. But like you know, but like in a way that is kind of divorced from reality and is just being a tough dad in the in the fifties, mm-hmm. and and he's a drunk and he is sort of has this weird relationship with his son because he doesn't know how to relate and he's got all these personal problems and you know and that's 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 who he is and that's what I would call like the sweet boy Montrose kind of read. <laughs> And mm-hmm. I think that that is consistent. Um, but I mean, but remember, yet last episode, I will said yesterday, yesterday. No, last episode, Montrose was like, Atticus, I'm going to tell you the secret what reason why, why I can't be gay and tells him the, the story about the minister. So I feel like, again, this is like, no, the real secret reason. No, dun, an dun, actual dun. more secret. Oh, and actual. we know we know and, from the and, season finale well, uh, trailer that Atticus has his, his own master secret, right. too. So but but just but but and, and all of these are fine. They all could be OK. It's just inconsistent. And also, they don't tell us anything that's actually new. Like, yes, of course, the story with Thomas being shot in the head in front of him is much more sad than his than than a preacher in his community being humiliated and jailed for the suggestion of of well, I am lobotomized. Being, I mean, yeah, oh, that's true. Yes, and he gets for him, but yeah, but no, but you're, you're right. You're right. But um, you know, right? Like one of those stories probably is sort of is 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 a more dramatic story. I almost said better. Yeah. But um. But they still bring us to the same place where Bontrus basically is like, look, it was impossible for me to be gay. Yeah. I can't be gay because it's already I, I am. all. I already expect to die by the bullet or the noose. I don't need all this extra. I don't need to make it extra difficult for me. None of this changes any of that. It's just more secret trauma. It's like it's like they kept being like, hey, you know, what's actually a really good idea. Oh, no. Oh, crap. We already shot an episode. We'll just put it in the next one. It'll be fine. It's It's just. It's it, it's frustrating and it's a little bit not, not not even really inconsistent. It just it just seems to wildly swing and it it makes it difficult for me to relate relate to these characters within the within the sort of like connecting stories. Yeah, well, it makes him a muddled character, and it and by proxy, it makes Atticus a muddled character because half the time you're like, it makes sense that Atticus would be sharing water cones with his dad, waiting to see a dead body, and then right. the other half of it, it's like it would make sense that Atticus would be like, I never want to talk to my dad again. <laughs> it just doesn't. I mean, I mean, we've gone everywhere, right? I mean, Atticus uh, like breaks up with his dad every episode. In this one, you know, he's like, "That's what I thought you was, my dad." You know, like, come on, like. Really? So the person who raised you just because you found out he was he was gay, he's like suddenly not your dad. I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. You know, or, or you find out that Uncle George was may, might be your actual biological. I don't know. It's just. That is an OK thing to express. It could even be consistent with the characters. We just keep seeing it and then it keeps like just going away. <laughs> you know, it doesn't go away ever is the um, the read that George Freeman is the best the king of man, yeah. because yeah. even in this episode where they're like, where Dora's like, why aren't you helping your brother? Then immediately cut smash cut to Madras being like, that was not fair. He did help me. He helped me so much. And you're like, I mean, it's OK if we're like, yeah, George should have been there for, for his no, little brother. Again, again. It was just so awesome that they were like, no, 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 don't worry. George is still the best. Don't worry. Um, yeah, I just don't see there. I, the other thing is, I don't see this as be, this is not. I don't think this is a very interesting plot line that we keep chasing around in a big circle. And which plot line? You, the the uh, mon, uh, sort of like mon, oh, is Montrose, George is George Atticus's dad? I mean, yeah, that and also, but also just the sort of Montrose Atticus 
uh, familial conflict. Well, yeah, it's because it's because it hasn't really like there is not a lot of forward or backward motion. It's just kind of loops. Right. And we like because like early on, remember, we know we learned they got like a fist fight about him leaving. So like Montrose could be I mean, it's all kinds of cool. Montrose could be like politically radical and be like, yeah, don't you know, and like call Atticus on his prancing around and like dressed dressed up like a little uh, dressed up like a soldier. Um, I mean, he's a soldier, but like, you know, being like, no, you, you. You were a tool of imperialism. You did war crimes, but somehow you're like wearing your dog tags. Oh, is this for, you know, are you, what's this about? You should be ashamed. You know, Montrose could be someone who thinks that's something to be ashamed of. But, I just think that they should have turned the corner. I mean, like my, literally yeah, my yeah, no, only they, beef with this is that this wasn't this particular part of the story, which I recognize you can't do because you have to go right, back right, to Tulsa yeah. and that did make sense right. to do that in the penultimate episode. Causality work? Yeah. I do understand that, but from a structural perspective, but like, I think that what they've been doing is they've really wanted to show this. This is, this is by far the best contextualization of why things are messed up, why Montrose is so messed up. Mm-hmm. And they saved it for the last episode, so we've just been kind of like whiling away with Montrose, trying to make him likable enough that he can like tag along with the Scoobies, but not so un- not so likable that we don't need this moment of closure. So it just feels a little bit. It feels like we've been chasing yeah. our tail for a while because it, they haven't really given us like the real reason, nor have they been building it up. Although that would have been annoying, like if it was just Montrose for you know nine episodes or eight episodes, being like, "I just have this big terrible secret," and then like not well, telling I mean, you what it is. Remember, even when he burns whatever that guidebook for the Sons of Adam Club, and he says, "Smells like Tulsa." I mean, even then, right? Like, if you know about the, the Tulsa riot, you're like, oh, yeah, right. Because they talked about it. They've talked about it. You know he survived this. Um, uh, while it's good that we see it, this is a little bit – I mean, isn't this a little bit being like, well, I mean, I know you survived the Holocaust, but I didn't know. How. I mean, you know you know what I mean? We, If you're paying attention, you you do know what, what trauma – what kind of trauma they are maybe alluding to. Right. But you didn't know this particular story. I understand that they, yeah, you yeah. need to see this particular story. I'm just saying that no, – Yeah, yeah. It's just it feels like we've been we've been at us at an impasse and we reset with Montrose every episode because they've been right, waiting right. to tell us this story and they couldn't tell us this story until there was time travel and they couldn't do that until the end because you right, need right, right. you yeah, need the yes. rallying of all these characters so that they can finally face the big bad. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so yes. it just it's just it's structurally tough. I, I get that. Um, it does sort yeah. of feel like what they could have done is they could have made Montrose maybe have like a buddy that he could have hung out with and like had nice moments with so that you wouldn't have to so much force that on Atticus and you could just make things tense between them and maintain that tension, you know? Oh, you're right. It's almost like is there is there a is there a charismatic um, character that Montrose has a special relationship with that could um, allow him to maybe uh, open up or reveal things about himself that he doesn't feel comfortable sharing with his family? Is, is there anybody like that in this show? Oh, yeah, there is. And, and, we, and we basically and we basically fridged him out of the show. In the, in the Sammy. It's actually, oh, <laughs> I like was between like seven different people on that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that could be Hippolyta. That could be George. That could be any number. I mean, he can interact. He can interact with But right. But no, but honestly, Sammy, right? as the and two anti-heroes, can... it could have been Ruby. Like, I mean, there's no, so no, no, many no, no. people. No, but right. But no, let let Sammy and Montrose have an actual relationship. And yeah. um, 
Yeah, and, not, and then not have Montrose then, complaining about those grits, right. which I will never forgive him. No, for. but you know, I mean, like even 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 kind of hacky stuff, right? Like Montrose keeps having nightmares, and Sammy's like, "What's wrong?" And yeah. or or you know, you know, he can talk about you know, um, or they can have a weird fight where Montrose is basically like, "Look, it, the the only thing is important. The most the, the only thing that's more important to me than you is Atticus because." I need to be his fa- blah blah. I need to be his father. Blah 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 blah. And then Sammy could be like, he doesn't treat you right. Like you could have the yeah right. You could have yeah. like a like a, a person who's on Montrose's yeah. side. You're right. right. It is yeah. it is supposed to be Sammy, but he's a big old jerk face to him too. Also, Sammy right. would be good and interesting because, you know, it's like that thing where. Um, a lot of uh, romantic stories about lesbian couples are uh, end with them like one of them like getting beaten or raped yeah, yeah. or die yeah. or like horrible yeah, the things. Whole le- lesbians are never allowed to be happy trope. Yeah, yeah, like it would be. I mean, like Sammy does seem like successfully out-ish, right? Sure. And yeah. like, yeah. Right. and like living life as a gay man as much as one could at this time. Right. So it would yeah. be. It would be interesting to compare and contrast that with Montrose who feels like he has to be like so in the closet to like just survive and Sammy clearly like you know thriving who's not choosing to do that like that would be an interesting and also so important I think to show um, a historical non incredibly affluent gay character like that because we really don't have a lot of yeah, those people right, yeah, in media right. and there were definitely lots of them so we yeah. should no, tell yes, their stories you, yes i could get my little i could get the little spin-off that i'd be interested in watching where where we kind of see what it what exactly it's like to be a working class gay person in 1950s chicago yeah like um, let's 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 do let's do the bronzeville drags like drag ball scene that would be amazing i would watch and, the heck and, out of that show and it would also make the scene where Montrose goes to the ball and 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 kind of finally seems to open up to the possibility of finding community and acceptance and i mean fun and love um that that, that would make that feel more earned instead of like a weird thing where he's like scowling in the corner and then is like okay i guess i'll have a good time and then has a good time I mean, I, you know yeah. what i mean instead of instead of him just being like a, like somebody's awful plus one at a party that <laughs> that could be really really cool agreed agreed yeah you're right yeah. sammy sammy is the is the missing yeah. sauce here yeah um but it could also be it could also be although i think less successfully You've argued your point well. You know your judo well. Um, huh. it, it could be Hippolyta, which I think would also make her... Yeah. So... The, the parents. The, the parents par- can hang out. Yeah. Well, and also, like, one presumes, you know, she has... She definitely, if nothing else, has a relationship with Montrose because she was married to his brother. Like, right? Like, right. she has her own... Her own take, she has known Montrose in a different way for a longer amount of time than any of these people, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure when she married George vis-a-vis Atticus being born. But, like, because Dee is so much younger. I don't, so who knows? But, like, you know, so you could also have her kind of lens of it. And I think it would help them both out because, so, you're set up to like Hippolyta quite a bit. I did, and do, mm-hmm. I suppose. Then she has... Her journey of self-discovery, which was which was fine. I liked it. And now she's back, and now she's, like, going to basically be, like, a god. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not against that, but it's just sort of weird that she's not the main character, if that's the case, number one. And number two, like, I find myself 
thinking like, what's that? What's that gonna? How? How is this gonna right, yeah. work with the rest of them now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I that yes, I wrote I, in my notes. I just wrote. So now H is acting like a superhero, and then later I write Hippolyte is a goddamn X Man now. <laughs> yeah, which is which is fine. I just don't know, like. Right. It would not I mean, surprise I, me, nor would it necessarily bother me, although I would like to know more about D or C, like Hippolyta in the story longer. If Hippolyta is like, my daughter and I are getting out, you guys figure out yes. whatever this is. Like, or, or, yeah, <laughs> like no, no, she, bye. Yes, there's a lot of like, my mission here is complete. <laughs> you know, d- d- <laughs> take care of D while I am away. And then she gets back on her spaceship and goes back uh, yeah it's no she's gotta take her daughter like you can't I, I know, I know, but but yeah. but she but she but also like it's kind of weird because i feel like what we saw was kind of a um a warm humanistic embrace of an understanding of oneself mm-hmm. and others and owning all of your feeling all of your emotions even stuff traditionally viewed as negative you know right like you understand that your anger is part of you and is dignified all that kind of stuff right yeah but then she comes back and she's and like she's, a superhero she's talking yeah. like it like an alien a little, not an alien, like a robot you know the tech will work i was on earth 504 for 200 years and yeah. i will use it all to save my dog it's it like again and this even the thing that's even that's inconsistent because i i actually think that she seems more like herself and like cool and i was excited about her going on an adventure with them proper uh-huh. um in the scene where she's like, everyone get in the car. I'm in charge here. I've lived for 200 years. I know what to do. This is my kid. Like, that is yeah, sort yeah. of like the energy that was missing. Which, by the way, that whole conversation where Ruby, who was explicitly the one left in charge of D, and then, like, took off to go to go have weird sex with William. Um, yeah. Like... She is like is like there's plenty. She's like there's plenty of blame to no, go no, around, and you're like yeah. you're like yeah. yeah, because mostly it's probably your fault a little no, bit. No, I, I I wanted to write it down, but I I forgot to. I feel like what she basically says is she she basically says something like yeah, all of you guys are at fault. I yeah. think there's something. <laughs> yeah, she's so like funny. I'm ashamed of all of you. I'm like no, it's probably like mostly you, and that doesn't make me not like you, but like I kind of don't like that you're not taking any responsibility for it. Like, definitely you... she's more in charge of D than Letty is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were definitely she should be more in charge of D than Montrose is. We should, Montrose should have Ma- never Montrose been left was in charge. The mo- but, but, but we learned here that Montrose, that like, they're like children of the future and Montrose loves children. <laughs> Yikes. Um, no, no, and no, Montrose no, definitely that, in that no, episode no. is the one that's most there for D, but like, yeah, right. totally... Which, which... Totally but, for no reason. Yeah. Well, what I would say, yes, but also it kind of makes sense since he's the only one of these people who, like, has a kid. So he... Right, but I guess R- H- Hippolyta explicitly put, had a kid. put Ruby in charge of D uh, while she I know, was I know, away. and she's basically like, <laughs> you guys really messed up. How could you let this happen <laughs> yeah, to you're D? Like, no, it's mostly you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, did, I thought I, that was funny. That's, I, that's a good character moment. <laughs> But were we supposed to think it was funny? We were supposed to be like, Ruby, I mean, I three laughed. fingers are I pointing laughed. back at you. I mean, yeah, I yeah, suppose no. I did too. I, I yeah, wasn't yeah. sure what we were supposed to think. Supposed to think. Um, yes. I mean, I, I, I just like adore Ruby and everything she does tickles me. But um, but I like the scene where, because I, I kind of want like Hippolyta and Ruby to be kind of very similar characters. I think that they're sort of like, you, you almost I, see like Hippolyta is like if she chose like, 
the good path and Ruby's going to go down like a dark path and they can kind of be sure. parallels for each other because they're both yeah. women who felt restrained and are now getting little right. tastes of like what it's like to not be restrained. And I think that's an mm-hmm. interesting story and they could mirror each other in good ways. Um, so I liked the energy, sh- the Ruby energy she had when she was basically like, I'm the boss here. Everyone get in the car. Like yeah, <laughs> very, right. no, and, yeah, that was and awesome. That- and then it was disappointing that she was just like left to be like hooked up to a machine, like lightly vomiting. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, if you think about it though, right. It's, it's the whole thing where like now she's too, like, yeah. right from a, or she's too powerful. She has become, she has gone, and, and and so they have to decide, is this Dragon Ball Z where she's the only character that matters, or do we have to, or is she, like, Superman of the Justice League, where we have to keep figuring out for ways to, like, sideline her so that, like, Green Arrow can shoot guys with arrows with boxing gloves on them. And they decided to kind of sideline her. I I cringed and groaned audibly when she did the, I, the uh, they're like, what's a motherboard? And she's like, me, I am the motherboard. <laughs> You're so, you said you cringe, but you just laughed. I know, I know. I it's it, it, I I really didn't like this. Not because mostly because I want I I want enlightened space angel, you know, space Buddha, um, Hippolyta, and I just feel like this this felt kind of this didn't fit. I I didn't enjoy it. They, they you know, she she she's acting somewhere between like Data and Temperance Bones in terms of like the weird like exposition spouting she does you know you know like kind of suffers like we need a computer what's a computer you know it's the 50s oh well yeah i don't know and now she's and she's so powerful but but we just kind of are told that we don't she doesn't get to do anything especially cool you know like operating a machine operating fixing an operating machine is supposed to be cool but that's not visually in the in the language of the show that's not cool that's nothing compared to like walking with the book of names through like a bomb yeah. Yeah. Let's do like literal explosions. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, she is like, you have the most important job. Your job is to hold everybody's coats. Like, it's yeah, very yeah, right, that, yeah. which is like, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't know how it's going to work. Cause like, if she, if she is as powerful as I think she is, which is fine, like, Christina should not be a problem. Hippolyta should be able to just like flick her off the map, you know? Or, yeah, um, or, or, or even like, they should just be. Like, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I guess I see, maybe I uh, read too much into the idea of kind of enlightenment, where, like, Hipp- the, the, Hippolyta is, they're, they're not even playing the same game. Like, they, you know, sort of right. like, your, your concerns are petty, I will protect my family. But probably that just involves them all getting onto, like, a, like a spaceship and blasting off while George Clinton music plays or something. You, you, you know, what, like, it doesn't, I, I don't, why, do, why does she care? <laughs> why would she care about anything, Christina Braithwaite? has to say or wants as long as it doesn't affect the people she cares about. Yeah. Which which could be like all of humanity too, right? Like maybe she's sufficiently enlightened to care about it. But I you know, I don't but that 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 that's a bunch of me like injecting stuff. Did you like that her hair turned blue that she got full on strong bad anime hair? Um <laughs> um I think overall I understand it, but I don't know if I like it. Yeah, I I felt like it or it felt like it was it, this is I think more this is the you have the most important job thing where they want it to be like no look how badass she she basically went super saiyan by holding the portal open. 
I feel like the blue hair needs to be unmasked when she's, I don't know, you know, shooting lightning out of her hands and like vaporizing racist cops or something. Yeah. Where it, or like she reveals that this is like, <laughs> I don't know, like this is my true form. I, I you know, what I have become my daughter's conception of myself. Made I mean, manifest. she's essentially Storm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, so it and, would be so, it would make sense for her to like do that while while in a right. moment of glory as opposed to just kind of like. Right, like holding vomiting the door. on yourself and holding the door open, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. again, which again, in the in the in the context, in the context of the show, of the show is, is a bigger sure, deal. Like no one else could have done this. That they yep. would have been completely screwed. I understand that, but it doesn't actually. But but, but narratively also, speaking, it is a right. sideline. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, there's a reason that generally the story. Like an idea of having a, like a very powerful character that has lesser powerful characters um, mm. that that are helpful is like very human and we like it. I, I mean, like that's what the first several seasons of Buffy basically are about, right? I, I was actually thinking about that and I was like, wait, wait, hold on. So is Atticus actually the Xander? Like I know we're supposed to kind of think he's the Buffy, but his girlfriend is completely invulnerable and can walk through fire. Which, by the way, Letty has a lot of faith in her invulnerability power. Like, the fact that she can walk through the, stay in the house while it burns down and stuff implies to me that, one, her uterus also imparts this on the baby. Um, or maybe this is like the baby's in, like, an unbreakable vault. But also, does she not need to breathe? Because, you know, a lot of people asphyxiate in fires with smokes and stuff. So, I don't, she, like, like, she's basically, she's, like, basically Superman. That's some, like, Braithwaite stuff, so I don't really even, like, don't even I don't, care. No, no, but uh. here's the thing. Would, would you check that? So, like, Letty, could Letty, like fall off a boat and walk along the floor of the ocean. Yeah, will Letty's baby's water be able to break because Letty Oh no, no yeah. yeah. <laughs> will it have to will, <laughs> will Letty's flesh vampire man boyfriend of steel. have to use his sharp teeth to break open her belly? Yeah, no no no. It's like uh it's it um it's baby of flesh woman of steel for sure. Yeah, um right. right. Yeah, so you have to, she has to erase it off her. She has to erase. They have to erase it off her like side or back, wherever they put it, so the baby can be born and then put it back on. I mean, I'm personally relieved that we're past the period of pop culture where basically you can be you you don't see quite as much um, weed night energy everywhere. So I don't really think yeah. that we need to like map this. But there is a reason that Buffy is the titular character. So like she's the main character, she's the Luke Skywalker of Buffy. Yeah, even if she's not you always know, the Luke most Star interesting. Wars. Even if she's yeah, Luke Star Wars. Uh, even if she's not the most interesting or compelling, or even most people's favorite, there's a reason she's the main character because she is the most powerful. So you almost kind of wonder if like the balances need to reorder. But I will be very, very, very surprised. If this story suddenly, and it, and it doesn't really even have time to do so, was suddenly change um, so that it becomes about a group of young people surrounding a middle-aged woman. But <laughs> we'll see. We will yeah. see. Um, yep. and, and, you know, to this, to this show's credit, they have taken stories from characters that normally would be background. Mm-hmm. The sister. The, the kid. Right. The yeah. mom. Like, yeah, right. And have made the and have given them the limelight and have made them some of the best characters there are. So maybe Mm -hmm. maybe it will. But it doesn't seem likely, especially not based on the trailer we see coming up. But right. Yeah. We'll see. Um, What did you love craft about this episode? I um, I kind of talked about the stuff. Um, 
I really like that we saw Tulsa uh, and specifically uh, Greenwood before before it was terrible. Uh, you know, before it was burned down and horrible things happened. I think it's easy to fix it on the terribleness um, in situations like this. So it's cool to get to kind of see it. Um, well, it helps you distance yourself. It sadder. It helps oh, you distance it yourself it... from it if you don't really think about the fact that oh, it was yeah, just a community like, like yeah, yours. Like, I said, yeah, if it was permanently on fire, you'd be like, well, I yeah. don't live there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, this this is a community you'd want to live in. It's a community right. you wish existed. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, and I also my the, the kind of funny thing that I really liked is um the the way they that we talked about this at the top, but where they just find the clothes, but Letty keeps her shoes. Yeah, um, it was just funny, and then and then and then that that becomes a plot point. I thought that was cool. Um, Unsurprising though, have you ever seen vintage women's shoes? Tiny, uh, tiny yeah. feet. They yeah. like top out at like a size seven. Um, so I would not be surprised if Letty fits in the dress, but just cannot fit into the shoes. What did you love, Craft Grain? I Lovecraft. This is a very specific thing. I loved crafted those things that you mentioned as well, but I love crafted that small scene between uh, Ruby and Letty, where they're basically where Letty's like, "You shouldn't trust your girlfriend; she's dangerous," and Ruby's like, "You shouldn't trust your boyfriend; he's also dangerous, and his dad is too." Um, <laughs> I really Get liked in the car. Yeah, I really liked that scene. Um, and then I liked that it was like then echoed uh, in Dora's fight with her in Dora's sister's fight, like where it's it's mm-hmm. ultimately it's ultimately about people who like care about each other, like just kind of like disagreeing with their choices mm-hmm. and um, not listening to each other ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and and because you have the scene with, with where Dora's sister is like, oh, but like we're fighting over the same guy, and like ah, like you realize that those are. Those are so small in a, when they're so much at risk. Um, but uh, I think that this show is a lot about family and the stuff between Montrose and Atticus gets like the most pay- attention mm-hmm. and is that an all-time season best in this episode. But that one scene shows you that like because they have done so much groundwork with Letty and Ruby and slowly building up so that you understand their sisterhood and like what makes them tick and like what bothers them about each other and why they love each other and like all those things you're just never going to beat that it's always going to be better than Montrose and Atticus because it's been so backloaded you know yeah yes so that's that one small scene sort of steals the like familial bond show for me because it Mm -hmm. felt very real and true Mm -hmm. and both sisters get to be right Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like which I think is also sort of cool Mm -hmm. yeah uh, sort of I'm just saying. I think that we, I think we dislike Atticus more than we're supposed to. Yeah, I think that well, we are supposed to be like, yeah, Ruby's got a point. Like, who are you mm-hmm. to poke fingers at this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're also doing. You're also with somebody who is probably not that good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what did you hate craft? Uh, basically, I use my Lovecraft, my hate craft. Talk about like side plots, mm-hmm. um, and most of them revolve around Christina. Christina, um, going very phantom, going very phantom with it. Um, is that really how the police captain's gonna die? Like that's it? <laughs> yeah, I thought. I, I thought. I mean, right? I maybe I didn't give the show enough credit because I assumed that we were introducing the police captain so we could have like a loathsome bad guy to kill. Because I didn't think. I still don't think, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't think the show sort of has the guts to make Christina go full bad guy and like kill her in the they finale. Better. So we gotta have. 
you know, but we better, you know, if they're giving us, I, I kind of assumed they're going to give us like a worse bad guy so we can, uh, you know. So we can have some bloodlust and Christina can survive for the right. next and season. In fact, and yeah. in fact, I remember kind of seeing the captain get torn apart by the Shoggoth. But I was like, oh, is that like a lieutenant or is that the captain? No, no, it's not. No way is it the captain. You know, we don't see his, we don't, they, they haven't shown us his weird torso yet. I mean, weird, but you know, the thing that the, the thing that we only saw kind of in. Yeah, his Frankenstein body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, so that I, I think that's either that's <laughs> when I was watching, I was like, either that's like a costuming mistake or it's just a different guy who I think maybe looks like him for some reason. But no, that was him. <laughs> And and yeah. I guess he died. I mean, is he? Are we gonna? Is he gonna be like? No, I was alive in the closet the whole time. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, if that's the case, that's really bad. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's unsatisfying. And uh, also, I, also, he gets killed not by any of the people he. I mean, I guess he, he's wronged Christina in a variety of ways. But he gets. I don't know. It's 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 not satisfying. You know that. No. Well, and also his death. I mean, his death is like existentially terrifying, but his death also led to the death of a lot of black people who didn't. Right. Who the replacement have died. parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like innocence, you know. So you're like, I don't know, Christina, maybe you could have just like had a battle with him. Yeah, um, right. And then not had all these unnecessary, unnecessary casualties. Um, I mean, I know that the big bad of this season is racism in America. Like, I get that. But I do think that we need, like, characters that embody that racism. And the police captain was kind of, like, the last bastion of, like, the really bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. we're in this weird part where, like, Christina is essentially joining the Scoobies. Maybe as, like, the world's least entertaining version of Spike? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, even the Shoggoths are pals with Tick now. So, like, what what is coming in the last ep? I think that that's also why this, like, one more ep thing seems so silly to me, is I'm like, well, like, we know that Christina wants to kill Atticus. Right. And we, and, and it, we don't want that to happen. That's bad. Mm-hmm. We know that she must be bad. But... I'm- yeah, unless they're going to do some secret good guy thing where it's like, no, I had to make you think you would die because I, I what I actually want to do is throw you a tea party. And then I- <laughs> if that's the case, they've really misplayed it because, like, that's almost what you expect to happen now where she's just. Right. Yeah. You no, know, right. and they've right where she's also- like in this sort of like weird. We don't even like get to see. I mean, I think it's I think it's there like the scene where um, where Ruby just kind of like offhandedly is like, you know, what, Dell's not really what I pictured myself as a white woman. Let's just like. <laughs> Kill yeah, her yeah, right. fully. Let's find a redhead for me. I thought that was yeah, that was uh, that was a uh, that was an uncomfortable and I thought sort of evil moment. Well, <laughs> but so are we supposed to see like is it really is it truly like Christina's like the, is this the last temptation of Ruby? Like, are we to believe that Christina is like the literal de- devil and she's dragging <sighs> like one of one of the charismatic, yeah, yeah. Is, is, highly yeah, likable characters down yeah, with is, her? Is Ruby becoming evil? Yeah, I mean. I think, well, once again, uh, just, <laughs> I think that similar to um, how we keep reinventing the Montros and Atticus relationship, I think that uh, Christina's relationship with magic and what it means and what she wants to do with it kind of changes episode to episode as well. Because in this one, she talks about how she wants to use the magic to experience the world and have an eternity of firsts, which like kind of makes sense why she would share things with Ruby, because she wants, she's sort of like... 
Who wants to do that alone? Right. It, yeah. But like she wanted, she wanted, she kind of granted, she like a genie, like granted that wish to Ruby and lets her experience the world in a new way. Kind of the way that presumably she, well, uh, she yeah, Christina like, would want to. Yeah. But like, um, who, like truly who wants to like, who wants to travel, no. who wants to travel completely by yourself forever? Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But, but just to say though, that like this, the eternity of, you know, I just, Christina keeps like kind of being like, all right, I'm going to tell you my real true philosophy of magic. And and it's, it's, it happens almost as much as he's not even my real father. Why does he even love me? Who even like Atticus, Atticus and Montrose breaking up with each other. Um, and I, I get, we get more of the stuff where, where Ruby and Christina act like they never talk to each other off camera, but also we know that they do because Ruby knows like all about what went down in our, in Artem. Which we, um, which we don't, you know, like including like uh, when during the the scene where um, Ruby and Letty fight, she basically is like, or Letty says something like, "They shot Uncle George." She was like, "It was the dad who shot her, not Christina." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has clearly gotten the blow by blow. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's actually why I feel like we've like kind of harped on sort of the the circular nature of some of the character arcs and like the flaws in developing mm-hmm. the main characters and I, I think it's actually because there's like not really that many tangible bad I mean like the, the this world is full of bad guys I recognize that but like the police captain was such a big bad guy I mean like he, he brought us he his villainy brought us some of the best episodes we've had thus far and to have him kind of just get like snuffed out casually was not satisfying and and makes me worried going into like the final siege you know because it's not going to be satisfying to just see them like blasting random racist cops we want the main big racist cop that's been tormenting them all season you know yeah watching the and it's given us too much time to stew in the characters juices there aren't as much time for them to like act it's more reacting and, and 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 like kind of like evolving you know it's almost like too much too much character work with not enough stuff to like bounce off of potentially and maybe that's why it's it's so easy to harp on them and i think i mean i think based on the based on the kind of teaser for the next episode it looks like they're fighting like the people of ardam oh those townsfolk i don't want that i don't want that also also this this is again uh, this is a, such a nitpicky thing, but right. The, the Quakers the, of Artem? I don't want that. The first couple episodes are about how difficult it is to travel around, right? And how dangerous yep. it is as a black person driving around in 1950s America. Since then, we're like zipping all, all over the place, no problem. Um, we also yeah, know that, that Hippolyta and D like visited the burned down remains of the, right? So if we go back there, and it turns out that all the people there are like, you know, outsiders, we must kill them. Uh, th- that also feels weird. Like so, so you know, a middle-aged woman in a in a, in a woody can like just roll up and like and, like poke around the the eldritch ruins of the burned down mansion. Um, but then also we're supposed to then th- then 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 if we go back, it's supposed to be like the most dangerous place. You must never go there. Yeah. Well, that's what it is in the map too. Like, well, that mm-hmm. whole that whole scene felt so weird because like we saw. Yeah, as we far as saw- we can tell. They, like, drove up to the house. She poked around. She found the comic book. She was like, something's not right. And then she gets back in the car. Well, right. And, like, and we, we it was so perilous for the first three to get there. Right. So, 
it felt weird that that was just kind of like unremarkable. Right. right I don't. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. It's again. It's it's. There's not a. The, there is a consistency and a consi- and a uh, follow through pro- problem here. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why I like the monster episodes, monster of the week yeah, episodes yeah, more, sure. because at least then you have some sort of like physical manifestation of societal problems that mm-hmm. you can react to. This is this is this is more abstract. Yeah. But like seems well, like abstract and not a great way going into our final. Yeah. My my hatecraft is is the cyclical character arcs. Like watching mantras and take hash over there. I just wrote, Watching Montrose and Tech hash over their bullshit over and over and over and over and over again. You know, like, how many times is, is, is Tick going to, like, share a dr- enable his father by sharing a drink with him as, like, means of forgiving him before then deciding to be angry at him again? Yeah. Is, uh, hope- well, it's hopefully mostly, not anymore. It's hopefully mostly, not anymore. It's mostly him and Christina, like, that have yeah. the weird cyclical arcs. And you feel yeah, like with yeah. Christina, they just don't want to tip her hand. But if that's the case, like... Maybe make her a little bit more mysterious throughout this. I yes, I the the other thing I didn't like is I was hoping, but not holding my breath, that we would get a little bit of more insight into her reenacting the Emmett Till murder. Um, but we didn't. So I kind of I, hope I, they I just, just don't mention it again, so I never have to think about it again. Yeah, but 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 then <laughs> why know, did they do it? I know. Yeah, when you do something big and splashy like that, it you. I don't know. I mean. Maybe she's like, I'm taking on all the pain of black Americans to then or send into my selfish. Uh, I mean, maybe. Or, or or is it mockery? I mean, I don't know. It, part of it is just that we can't decide if she's supposed to be bad or good, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We just don't understand her. Even if she was like, even if she was wrestling or ambiguous or like not so much bad, but selfish, all those things would be fine. We just don't. I don't think we understand her well. And I, I don't say, know why Christina in this episode, I don't understand why Christina would care enough to reenact Emmett Till's murder in last week's episode. But in this week's episode, she would be like, nah, I'm not really going to help D unless you give me something I want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me too much. Yeah. Oh, yes. Except for the fact that I think she's a bad guy and she is using everybody. But 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 in like a way that seems kind of yeah. The um I the other thing I didn't like the only okay the other thing I I hate crafted was that by killing the big bad cop, what role does Gia have if if she is to come back in the next episode? Good question. And, and that's not and, and that's not to define her entirely by her sexuality or anything like that. But like her whole deal is she's this nine tailed fox. She kills men at the point of climax, right? You're like, oh, so well, and she avenges terrible men. That's her job, right? Right? Yeah, that's her deal, and, and 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 you know, and that's fine because she's a supernatural creature, and we don't have to, you know, she's not. <laughs> she could be defined narrowly, but now, now is she just generic? Now, now she will be just sort of like a generic magical creature who is sort of Atticus's ex girlfriend. I don't know. It's just like her fighting. Uh, Christina is not it doesn't seem to have the same amount the same poetry to it. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Well, or it just doesn't make as much sense. I don't know. Gia's got to come back, otherwise, what's even the point? Why are Why are we here? Or, or, or if she doesn't, why did she come back again? Why? I think she could. 
you know, she could just waste away in in Korea, Madam Butterflying it, <laughs> instead of getting instead of the last time we see her be, being hustled out of uh, uh, Letty's boarding house. Yeah, I actually think this is more of a Madam Butterfly in that in that like she's actively getting rejected by the people that she's trying to save. Join us next week for episode ten of Lovecraft Country. Which we have been reminded many times is the last and Wait, final. Wait, is this and the final episode? Yeah, only one like, episode. Is one there more like left. Two one more left. after this one. One left, which is this one, not one at ten. There's ten episodes. Um, not eleven episodes, but, not nine episodes, right, but ten episodes. Right. We will return to Artem. Maybe the autumnal equinox is upon us. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> Thank you as always for listening to Lovecraft Singles. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you got. We're there. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can also find us on our website, outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers. You can find us on Instagram at crypt-creepers, where we've been doing little carousels of all of the references uh, that we make throughout the show, from the important and historical to the absurd. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Outrageous.